The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello and welcome to this Fantasy NBA Today for July fourth, two thousand nineteen, Independence Day here in the United States of America. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Neil Rochlani. I am your host. No co-host today. I am traveling and uh, was not sure when I could schedule this recording, so did not um, uh, get someone to join me, which means I will be, I guess, doing like a stream of consciousness, consciousness through this because I... Uh, I'm not one who prepares very well. Anyway, there are a few things I want to talk about in the um, fallout from the um, free agency market, which has now um, settled down a bit as we are five days in. And almost all the big players have gone. Still waiting on Kawhi Leonard. Um, Lakers, Clippers, Raptors seem to be where he may end up, and of course that'll change uh, not just the landscape of the NBA, but also fantasy values across those three teams. Um, last time I was on the show on uh, on Tuesday with Dan Vespers, you know, we had talked about uh, one thing that we had talked about was risk, and how neither one of us liked to take a big risk in the first few rounds, because even. If you hit really big, you're not going to guarantee you're going to win your league. If the guy outperforms by a round or so. But if the guy falls apart um, and drops from, let's say, 20th to 50th, it can really, it can really hurt you because you're giving up basically a top-round pick for a mid-round pick at that point. And that is why, uh, in general... I do not take a risk in the first three rounds. I start to maybe look in round four. I'm usually not even taking big risks in round four in my fantasy drafts. I'm looking more for consistency um, from the year before, maybe a calculated risk, someone who maybe was a fifth rounder last year, but is in the same system, same coaching staff, uh, has a good feel for his role. Because at that point, um, let me just back up. At that point in the fifth round, you're not taking, you know, the alpha of the team. You're not taking the guy who runs the team. You're taking, you may not even take the second best player on the team at that point. You're probably taking the third best. Uh, so it's going to be tough to find um, role players that you can really project will take a leap. Um you know, there's a few things here we can look at. We can look at how many years they've been in the league, how they were playing in uh, the preseason. Are they looking to have a bigger role on the team? Is their player progress on track to get better? Um, sometimes it's a role player that's signed with a new team. Um, that pay, maybe they have a much bigger role. Um, and maybe they will now um hit that fantasy relevance and maybe there's a bit of upside in the mid rounds for them to get uh, you some value in your leagues, but it's really hard. And I think the one thing we need to keep in mind, um, the one thing I try to keep in mind when I do fantasy drafts is 
first of all, I'll try to do them later in the uh, preseason because you, you really want to see, aside from the top guys, uh, aside from, let's say the top 20, top 30 even, it's really hard to know um, if someone who isn't the lead on a team or the second option on a team is going to emerge as a big fantasy asset. Um, saw that was Vucevic, Vucevic last year. I mean, he was obviously always a very good fantasy asset, but never someone people coveted. And then last year, under the new system with um, Steve Clifford, he really excelled. And I think that's part of the system, part of the coaching change, but also part of his own development, and his own skill set. Um, and that's something, you know, I wouldn't have taken a risk on because I did not know um, how he would fit in with the new system. It could have gone more than one direction. And if you drafted him, it worked out. Um, but there are other scenarios where things like that did not work out. So with that said, hopefully this is making some sense. I want to go over some free agents that I am going to be a little less excited about um, in terms of where they might uh, be drafted next year based on their new situation and maybe a couple of uh, free agents that I think so far at least have some promise to outperform their last year's value on a new team. This is where it gets really tricky, right? You're on a new team, so it's definitely a new system. They're playing with new players. They weren't the lead option. Um, they're always a fantasy option, always, always there in your starting rotation, but Perhaps uh, you're not sure how to value them. Like, like, let's start with, for example, Malcolm Brogdon. Going to the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Um, started off um, last year with the Milwaukee Bucks and had a very solid season, at least on a per-game basis. Had those injuries towards the ends of the season, which probably held him off of your playoffs. And uh, you cannot play him then, which was unfortunate. But... Um, so, last year, let's just walk through statistics. Played 64 games, so not bad until the injury came along. Uh, 28 minutes, so was not a starter. But he did have 15.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 0.2 blocks, 0.7 steals, a little light on the defensive stats. But <clears throat> he was a 50-40-90 guy, which means 50% from the field goal range, 93% from free throw range, and 42.6% from three-point land and um, knock those in as well. I So he goes to Indiana and we're all trying to figure out Darren Collison is left. Malcolm Brogdon presumably will slide right in there alongside Oladipo, be their starting point guard or if not play point, we'll play off the ball. We'll see if Oladipo takes more of the handling responsibilities. And we know he can fit in. We know he has a um, type of game that translates well to many other teams. And he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He's one of these guys that doesn't seem to have a specific desire to have the ball in his hands. Nor does he need to seem to have that ego where he has to get his shots or something like that. So he seems to be a great fit for Indiana. Um, but now we're trying to figure out fantasy-wise what does that mean. Okay, so this is where I get a little bit nervous. Um, and the upside, for, before I say that, I will say the upside for him is very high. 
he, at 15.6 points per game, could exceed that. Uh, four and a half rebounds. He's a great rebounder for, for a wing and a guard. I don't see that going up here. Um, although Turner's not a great rebounder, it's just a lot to expect a guard to get more than four and a half rebounds. Um, the assist, 3.2. That could certainly go up. Um, if he's taking more, um, if he's leading more of the offense. Um, blocks, 0.2. Indiana versus Milwaukee. Uh, that's going to be more of a scheme thing, I think, than anything else to see if that changes. Probably can't go down. Um, 0.7 steals, same thing there. Um, he's a pretty solid defender. Um, not great, but pretty good. So those could, that could creep up a bit. I would, I'd kind of lean on the same number. If you're playing nine cat, 1.4 turnovers, um, that could go up a bit if he's handling the ball more. Um, probably wouldn't go down. Field goal percentage, it's so hard to maintain a 50% free throw, a field goal percentage, so I'm going to say that goes down just a tiny bit. Free throw percentage, again, 93%. Again, that's so hard to keep up. I would think that goes down. Both of, He's not a high-volume guy, so it's not going to make much of a difference either way. The three-point percentage, um, 42%, 42.6, so technically 43 if you're rounding. He is, um, that also seems like it might be unsustainable. So expect those to come down a bit. He's also been playing with new players, um, which means he, the way he um, is delivered the ball, the way the offense runs um, is going to be new to him. New teammates, uh, new demands by coaching staff. Uh, I don't... And because so, because of that, I think maybe his percentages go down. Not because he's a worse shooter, but, he's ta- but because he's taking shots that he's less comfortable with uh, in a new environment. And um, I don't think it's going to be a massive drop, but I think it could be a percentage um, on both the field goal and the three pointer. The free throw, I don't think, will obviously make a difference. Um, those circumstances really don't change as you change from team to team, but the other two kind of do. Um, Always a chance they go up, but I think the greater probability is on the chance they go down. And because of that, I don't think he's going to be demanding the ball. I think his points, um, his attempts won't change too much. And like I said, it's hard for his rebounds to go up. His assists could go up. His steals could go up. Um, blocks, I'm not sure about. Um, so that would be everything in a vacuum. Of course, um, not a vacuum in terms of, um, excuse me, I should say in terms of minutes, because that would be the case if he played still 28 minutes in Indiana. And I really don't know exactly how many minutes he's going to play. Um, excuse me, yeah, in Indiana. He played that much uh, last year in Milwaukee. I am assuming it's going to be more. But, once again, he has probably not earned uh, any equity with the coaching staff yet. Um, he's not a superstar coming over who you know you just have to play high, you know, mid 30 minutes every night because he's he's their franchise guy. So at this point, um, I mean, the assumption is he's going to play more minutes. Um, he's going to play 30 to 32 would probably be my guess. Um 28, probably the low end. 
but again, we don't know for sure because we don't know exactly how he's going to mesh and how the rotations are going to look out. I would, this is why I like to draft late. This is why I like to wait until at least we've seen a few preseason games. Um, I believe the season starts mid-October. If you can draft the weekend before, that would be ideal. If you're drafting much earlier, this is where it becomes risky. Uh, one of my leagues might be drafting three weeks before the season starts. Um, and at that point, you really don't have much preseason. You really have no idea. Um, so where would I rank Brogdon and where would I take him? That's sort of where I'm going with this. I would uh, probably not value him as high as the rankings. Obviously, I haven't seen the rankings, but because I'll have to look at the rankings and see what the minutes assumption is. And I am going to think the minutes assumption is going to be 30 to 32, which, although fair, I think could be... It's still uncertain. It's just too uncertain. He's got a great stat set. He's a great player. I would love to have my team. If he's going, though, let's say, like in the sixth round this year, I probably would avoid him at that point. It's probably too early for me. Um, I might start looking at him in the seventh or eighth. I'll have to go through my valuations and see. But um, at the earliest, um, obviously, I'd like to get him later. But I don't know. I don't know where he's going to be valued. So, People are assuming sort of the high end of his minutes, and he continues with his stat set, uh, field goal percentages, that is, and three-point percentages. I'm going to have to knock it down a bit, not because I don't think he's a great player who's capable of this, but because he's in a new team. He's a role player, and I don't know what that role is going to be just yet. I just don't know. On the other hand, for someone like Kyrie Irving, we obviously know what his role is going to be. And we know that um, they knew what they were getting when they when they traded for him. I know Brooklyn's more... Uh, well, Boston was sort of an egalitarian system before Tyree, uh, excuse me, before Kyrie got there. But um, Brooklyn seems to be that way too. And uh, But when you, when you bring a guy in, and you, you know his track record and what he wants and what he sort of demands um, as a player on the court. And he, uh, you're trading for him specifically or signing him, him, signing him specifically uh, free agency, then you know exactly where you're getting. You can kind of assume those stat sets will hold. Um, so no change in Kyrie. More uncertainty with Malcolm, although I think Malcolm Brogdon's upside vis-a-vis his own ability last year might be greater than Kyrie. Kyrie has very room for growth because um, he's already a great fantasy asset. Malcolm Brogdon is not, was not last year. Could be this year. Could be the same. Could be slightly less. But if he gets buzz and is starting to go earlier than he did last year, and he starts to go, starts to creep up the boards a bit. He might be someone I, not, I may not have on my team. Again, not because I don't like him or think he's going to be really good. Just that risk might be too much for me 
as opposed to someone who's staying on their roster and coming back and we can kind of count on. Um, so I wanted to go over that as, as one player to talk about and kind of how I'm going to approach free agency in a nutshell for, or excuse me, the NBA draft in a nutshell based off all these movements in free agency. Uh, I do want to hit on some of the news and notes so far that I've seen. Uh, Iguodala is looking to um, be bought out. Um, I don't think this really affects him that much. He's not a fantasy player. The one player this does impact uh, would be uh, slow-mo out in uh, Memphis. If you're a believer in him, I think uh, there could be value. I'm not, um, I don't trust him. Um, I know he has a very friendly fantasy stat set, but I'm totally um, not in the slow mode just yet. I've got to see it happen. Last year, 29 minutes, almost 30 minutes, 8.6 rebounds, 3 assists, one, almost a block, 0. 0.9, 1.3 steals, and he shot 54% from the field, um, just 57%, or 58% from the free throw line. Although I think that's so small, it's uh, insignificant. Um, I am good with the steals and the blocks. Um, it's hard to go down in points. <laughs> it's hard to go down in that category. Rebounds and assists should probably hold. Um, but again, he's had injury is issues. And uh, they've just brought in Josh Jackson. We should mention that trade as well um, before I talk about him. Apologies. I just saw that on my wire as well. So we are seeing... Um, Jackson to Josh Jackson from Phoenix to Memphis. I know he and Sloan are very different players, play different positions, but um, it could be an impact. Uh, we'll see if Josh Jackson gets a lot of playing time. It looks like Memphis is certainly in rebuild mode, so they'd have no problem um, throwing Jackson out there a lot. He's someone who also has a very tenuous stat set, so... And because of the way he plays, he just sometimes just loses the uh, confidence of the coaching staff. So it can be tough to really trust him. He'll certainly have many games where if he's starting and playing high minutes, we'll put up great fantasy value, great for DFS options. But season long, little hesitant on him. Um, two other players I want to mention here. Uh, let's start with Markeith Morris going to the Pistons. This one is really interesting. Um, so role player going to a new team, new system. Um, does he get, uh, what he did, uh, finishing out there with, um, yikes, I'm spacing. Coming over from Oklahoma city. Yes. I forgot about that. Cause he got buried there in Oklahoma city once he, uh, left the Wizards. This um, this will be a guy who certainly not going to value much, but he is someone who, if he is starting, let's see what role he gets. I would take a late round flyer on him. I don't think he'll have a lot of buzz. He hasn't been fantasy relevant um, in a little bit. If he is getting, you know, a fair amount of minutes, <laughs> which I would argue would be 28 plus, 
uh, in Detroit. I think he becomes relevant in 12-team leagues. Uh, so we'll have to see how much playing time he gets. Um, may, may not be a player he gets drafted, but someone, somebody threw out off your roster. He does a lot of little things, nothing great, not a great shooter, but um, just played 21 minutes last year for the Thunder. We'll see if that changes going into Detroit. Certainly no one I'm going to be uh, looking too highly on, but perhaps a late round pick. Uh, the other mention, which um, fantasy geeks like like myself, Boban Marjanovic going um, away from his best friend, Tobias Harris. Uh, very sad news. But he is going to Dallas, uh, presumably playing back up there. So um, not expecting too much from him fantasy-wise. Don't think he has the ability to play more than minutes in the teens. So don't expect him to do much fantasy-wise. I'm trying to see here if there's any other news over the last day that I missed that I think um, uh, Jared Dudley going to the Lakers. Not much there. Glenn Robinson going to the Warriors. No fantasy relevancy there, in my opinion. Um, Green Moutier to the Jazz. And um, that's really it. Um, all right, so that was my little synopsis on how I'm valuing some of these free agents guys. Again, if they're, they're a role player, they're going to a new system. We don't know how they fit in yet. And you're drafting early in your um, NBA drafts before you can kind of pre see the preseason fit. I would be just a little suspicious on guys, um, how they produce because of that new role, especially if they're getting a lot of buzz. Now, obviously, if they're getting no buzz um, and people think they've totally forgotten about them and they've kind of been uh, fantasy irrelevant for a while and now they're going to a team and they might start and they're now lingering in like the 150 rankings. Yeah, those are guys you want to target at the end of your draft. But they are someone who is going to a new team like, let's say, Yikes. Um, the guy going to Charlotte, Terry Rozier, certainly going to be very buzzworthy. Um, I know he's going to do a lot um, of uh, creation and shot attempts and perhaps on defensive end too, but his buzz will be way too much for me to even touch him. I am going to assume so uh, he will not be on my roster and uh Although he was a role player in Boston, and he's now jumping into a starter's role and um, trying to supplant Kemba Walker, what Kemba did there. I don't think he can get anywhere close to that ability, and um, for that reason, I think he'll be overvalued. So, anyway, thanks for listening to the Fantasy NBA Day, NBA Today for July 4th. 2019, uh, we are sponsored by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Find their delicious Kona products at hawaiianisles.com or on amazon.com. And you can find me on Twitter, at BallWithNeil. Um, have a great day, and Adrian and Coach will be back tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.